It's Song Talk Radio with Michael, Neil, Phil, and the gang. Welcome to Song Talk Radio. This is the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me is one of the Action Ready members of the Song Talk Radio Action Team. We have Mr. Phil Emery. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing fine here from St. John's, Newfoundland. That's way, way out east. It's about as far east in Canada as you can get. Well, that, not quite. There's a little bit. There's another point, but basically it's the last place that matters. <laughs> the last populated place. <laughs> and uh, filling in for Mike Proudfoot today, who's away on a secret, uh, top secret assignment, we have Gilbert Neal all the way from Raleigh, North Carolina. Gilbert was our guest on the show back in September 2020, talking about his album, Mistakes of Memory, which quickly became one of my favorite albums of the year. Um, thanks for joining yeah. us, Gilbert. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, nice to have you. And for our listeners, please send in your comments and questions to at Song Talk Radio on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or feedback at songtalk.ca for the good old-fashioned email, and we'll share your thoughts on the show. And please visit us at songtalk.ca to find out how you can be a guest. And uh, before we get to tonight's special guest, um, we, of course, have our uh, songwriting challenge, which is very well underway. Um, you want to tell the folks about that, Phil? Yes. Uh, so uh, we've tried many things in the past years. But for this one, we are doing that sort of Nashville thing where we're, we are uh, writing from a title. And the title mm -hmm. is Why Do You Cry? And it could be in any style you want, um, any length you want, uh, Hopefully not, you know, an hour, but, you know, something reasonable. And um, it doesn't have to be perfectly polished. It doesn't have to be uh, fantastically produced. It could be just you and a guitar. It could just be you and a, uh, you and a piano. It could be just singing into a microphone. But basically, uh, we'd like to know how you wrote the song, what you uh, maybe learned from uh, the the exercise and um, uh, also your lyrics. If you could send in your lyrics and you can send your entries to feedback at songtalk.ca. And uh, we've already gotten quite a few um, uh, submissions, which are pretty mm. awesome, actually. Mm. We have pretty amazing listeners, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, your listeners are the best. And of course, in April, um, the, the three hosts, um, Phil, Mike, and myself, we're going to be sharing um, our individual answers to the challenge. And then uh, sometime in May, probably, um, once we collate everybody's uh, submissions, we'll be doing a show or two or three <laughs> on our, our listeners' um, answers to the challenge. So yeah, keep, them, and, keep them coming. And Neil actually brought uh, his song to the uh, meetup. Uh, which we had last night on Zoom, of course, yep. free to attend. It's mm -hmm. uh, meetup.com or stop by songtalk.ca for the link. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a great little meetup. We had, uh, it wasn't too huge. So actually we had a chance to really talk a lot. Sometimes if you have, you know, 25 or 30 people, you can't spend that much time on a song. But this was, uh, this was quite fun. We had some great stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a smaller turnout than we're used to, but it, it, it actually prefer it when it's a smaller turnout. Like, yeah. You're right; you get you get a little more a little more deeper on stuff. <laughs> and you had a really a really neat sort of uh, verse chorus uh, structure. The uh, two keys were quite um, quite different. So, mm. and and I'm going to take some feedback from one of the, from one of the members from Paul, and and I'm going to try a I'm going to do a save as, and try a different version where the the key changes in as 
dramatic and see and see how that lands. I thought something you could do is because uh, you have um, you know the two keys. What you could do is right in the little middle part where you have um, sort of like in a like in a bridge key. Yeah, and then yeah. right sort of like a riff on that bridge key, which sort of right. goes into this and sort of a bit like um, talk talks. It's my life. And mm. you have this one note that sort of does that. That it goes back into the verse and it works. And drops well. you into the yeah. That's that, that's that's totally another option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could I could dig something like that. <laughs> Gilbert, how do you deal with uh, very strange uh, keys uh, key changes? Um, my my songs are nothing but key changes. Yeah, in fact. <laughs> Um, the way I approach them, I've discovered after all this time is that I like a little sing-song melodies, but I like I like the earth falling down underneath them. So, what if you took my my melodies and sang them? It would sound like a nursery rhyme, but underneath there's all sorts of sturm und drang that happens. So, mm. I'm the wrong guy to ask because <laughs> key changes to me are uh, the rule, not the exception. Right. For better or for worse. <laughs> Fair enough. It can be a fun thing to do, though. It, so. it, it, it can be an interesting um, exercise, and it's, it's certainly it's certainly in, in kind of in my wheelhouse too, to a certain extent. But mm. yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It's not like it like looks like we made it by Barry Manilow or whatever. You know, where it looks like we made it, and the, everything <laughs> slows down, and you change the key, and <laughs> everything is wonderful, and the heavens open up. And, <laughs> Very true. It worked for him. Yeah. Okay. Um, a couple more uh, small uh, small announcements. Today is um, March 29th. is the 88th day of the year. And guess what that means? Happy World Piano Day. Ah, right. Right. You know, when you consider that all, I mean, when you Where look at it objectively, all, all holidays are made up, but this is a really made up holiday. It's <laughs> because <laughs> it's the 88th day of the year. We're going to be. You know, I didn't get my cards out again this year. It's just so terrible. <laughs> You know, it's it's just another excuse for Big Piano to get our money. What can I say? That's right. Exactly. Big Piano. Big Harp was last month, I think. That's right. <laughs> and uh, something I just saw on the social medias today, one of our uh, former guests, and I think one of our favorite guests, the electro pop band Featurette um, from Toronto, uh, just won Best Pop Video and Best Canadian Independent Music Video um, from Dropout Entertainment. Um, so congratulations to Featurette. Um, if you haven't checked out that episode, just search Featurette on Sontag.ca. It was a great episode, and they are a really cool band. Very um, much. So good for you guys. Congratulations. Uh, and uh, tonight, of course, we are welcoming the return of singer-songwriter Jacob Moon. And here's a little bit of his new single, A Little More Time. I turn around and everything was changed. You always told me nothing stays the same No one prepares you for the flood The waves overtake you You're only flesh and blood And when the waters rise We'll make for higher ground to see the devastation all around I wish I could relive those days Before all our dreams were swept away 
Jacob Moon is a veteran indie singer-songwriter who has been doing it full-time for over 25 years. His live show is a combination of his stirring originals and a smorgasbord of inventive covers delivered in his signature one-man band style. His latest recording is Under a Setting Sun and marks his 12th release. Fans of his work include Gordon Lightfoot, Rush, Marillion, and Ron Sexsmith, and he will be touring this spring to support his new release. Welcome back to Song Talk Radio, Jacob. Hey, Neil. Hey, everybody. Great. Hey, Welcome, back. Jacob. How did Great you manage to, to? How did you manage to record a, a, a full album during a pandemic? <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> At some point, it, it sort of occurred to me that that was. Um, that was kind of like the meridian, you know, that you could cross over it and you could make an album during a pandemic that you could put your marker down for somebody who's going to continue to have a career after the pandemic because Mm -hmm. the pandemic itself was this sort of barrier in time that divided us into, you know, before times and after times, you know? Um, and so, and, and if you're in music, if you're in entertainment, um, there was uh, some jeopardy there that maybe that on the other side of the pandemic, the same sort of opportunities, the same industry maybe wouldn't exist. Um, and so I kind of had, I had this, had this crisis moment, really, frankly, back when, back in June of last year, where it was kind of like I had planned to do this album hmm. uh, for those reasons. But I kind of balked at it. I kind of looked at it in the cold light of day and thought, is there any really good reason why the world needs more music clogging up the airwaves um, that, uh, you know, you can't really sell enough physical copies of to pay for itself? Mm. And you end up uh, with whatever you can get from streaming revenue, which is, as you know, is, is, is peanuts. Okay. Unless you're Drake or Rihanna or something, right? Mm. So... Um, so I kind of just looked at it and it didn't, it, on, on the face of it, it didn't make any sense. But when I sort of added to the pros and cons, the, uh, you know, the pro section of just like, it would put me back in the studio with human beings. It would get me back into a collaborative space with musicians I admire. It would make me finish my ideas. It would <laughs> make me commit them to some permanent format um, and memorialize this time, you know, going forward forever. Um, those started to look like real pluses, and I, I and I kind of accepted after talking to some musicians, you know, because they, their their question was always the same for me. It's like, what else are you gonna do, you know? <laughs> what? Are, <laughs> You're not qualified to do anything else. And they were right, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you actually go into a studio with people to record this? I did. And, I, and get this, it was, I didn't stop, the strangeness didn't stop there. I, I went to Winnipeg to do oh. that. Wow. Why, why Winnipeg? It, well, yeah. And if you've ever been to Win- Winnipeg, then you, you, a lot of people would have that same question. Yeah, I've been to Winnipeg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it's... Uh, you but you know what? Moon and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next gig in Winnipeg is going to be interesting. We yeah, love, you're going to get a lot of pull really quotes do. from this one tonight, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, um, the friend of mine, uh, well, a friend of mine, Steve Bell, had a friend who's a producer named Murray Pulver, who produced Brothers Landreth, a bunch of country acts, uh, mm. nice guy, earthy guy, down to earth kind of fella. 
Um, and I just thought, I'm going to call him, see if he'll do it. And he said, yeah, but like, it would make sense for us to work in Winnipeg because that's where my studio stuff is and that's where I know a lot of players. So if you don't mind flying out here, we can do a week's worth of work out here. Mm. And something about that was really appealing, the idea of throwing myself completely at the mercy of this producer who could call the shots, basically, and say, this is who's going to be playing on this tune, this is going to be playing on this tune, this tune. Oh, wow. And I just kind of going along for the ride to see what happens, you know. And what he put together was like this, this who's who kind of um, uh, Winnipeg, you know, cutting crew, wrecking crew or whatever, you know, <laughs> oh. of, of studio musicians that just... Uh, we're, we're, we're brilliant, you know, and earthy and, and rootsy in all the right ways. Right on. And say something bad about him. About, about Murray Pulver? Yeah, say something bad about him so we can send it to the Winnipeg Tigers. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't really, nice. I mean, gosh, the guy's just such a doggone nice uh, guy. I don't know. I think, I think it's possible. <laughs> so just getting into the specifics, so tracking, were people wearing masks or? Yeah, yeah, they were... Um, yeah, for sure. We were in masks. Yeah, I mean, I, but um, ultimately, you know, in Winnipeg at that time, I think they'd kind of, you know, the, the pandemic wasn't raging in mm. August. I guess it was early, late July, early August. Uh, summertime, you know. So mm-hmm. I think there was um, a sense of things opening up, you know. Yeah. One, of, one of many times when it felt like that, yeah. only to be followed by a complete lockdown. But Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, Have you ever recorded at that studio before? Yeah, I'd never recorded at the studio. It's called Signpost Music, and it's Steve Bell's um, office studio, essentially. He has this kind of brick-and-mortars office. You know, one of the only singer-songwriters I know who does. <laughs> and he's got a uh, staff and everything else. He's got, and he's got a, um, uh, a, a sort of a recording space there, which is uh, it's very workable and utilitarian. And then the drummer's got a whole house that he... he I mean, he lives in it, and he, you know, but he's, he's single... And he uh, devotes his entire first floor to just recording. So it's his drums set up with, uh, a, a, you know, a DAW and a million mics, and he'll just uh, get all the parts there, then the bass, and he'll kind of fly them all to you after the session, and you can bring them into your session um, in Pro Tools and, and kind of go from there. It's great. So that's how you did it. You had the drums were tracked somewhere else sort of after you put down the bits? Well, the first thing we did was drums and bass. Well, so that was the first, the first day. So interesting, you played that song a little more time. Um, I, I was coming to Winnipeg with not really enough songs, and I was hoping that we might have a jam night where we would come up with the mm-hmm. seeds of future songs and maybe finish them hastily there. Uh, I'd never actually written a song that way. It would, I just heard that people <laughs> do that sometimes. <laughs> um, <We> do. <laughs> so I thought I'd try it. Um, but I was also a little scared of that. So I started writing a song on the plane ride to Winnipeg. Oh. And by the time we touched down, it was done. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I didn't have an instrument in my hands. And I was just basically, I, I was singing it and playing it in my head oh, and wow. writing the lyrics down. Hmm. And when I got, I'll do, I couldn't wait to pick up the guitar and see if it was really a thing. And as soon as I did, uh, yeah, it was a thing, all right. And it's that's that's that song. And I went and played for um, for Murray that day. And he says, "Oh, we got to track it right now." So we went wow. right over to the drummer's house. We tracked it with bass and drums and and uh, dummy guitar and stuff. And um, yeah, and then we did the rest of the kind of the finished vocals 
acoustic guitars, things that were a little more, you want a little more isolation for them um, in the studio. It's, it's amazing you can you can do that, but for us mere mortals, if you're ever stuck in that situation, you can always just whip open the iPad and fire up GarageBand and, yeah. and do your song on the plane. And that's the smart way to do it. That's that? that's good. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why I didn't do that. But <laughs> it was good to have done that. So yeah, that's what I was actually wondering, Jacob. I mean, given given the given the existential uh, angst you were feeling um, during this time, like how, how has that changed your approach to songwriting this time around? Yeah, I mean, I think it's opened me up a little bit to not be quite so precious about it. I think I, I mean, I came up, you know, writing songs in the 90s and the tools for songwriting really didn't exist for most consumers. Um, the, the sort of the more advanced technological tools of like starting with a drum machine and a beat and kind of going from that, like I just didn't have all that stuff. So I had my acoustic guitar and I didn't even have really a way to record myself. Um, so I was just playing, I constantly playing it over and over again so I wouldn't forget it. And, you know, um, and so I would kind of write songs that way. And um, I've just, and then I heard Todd Rundgren talking about how he writes songs. And he says oftentimes he doesn't have an instrument in his hands. He kind of goes into a meditative fugue state and imagines the song and then just executes it on virtual instruments or his instruments until it's kind of a thing. And so it kind of exists in his imagination before it exists on tape. And um, that was an appealing idea. And I used to, when I was, trying, was starting to get into music um, and I was going to Wolf Laurier University back in the 90s, I, was, I would ride the bus to theory class and I would sit there on the bus with staff paper and I would try and write the music that was in my head onto the staff paper without any instrument in my head. I tried to write the string quartet parts and stuff like that. And um, that was the challenge, was could I, could I imagine, could I still, could I have good enough ear training to be able to know what each of the degrees of the scales sounded like? And, um, and then try to commit that to paper. And it was, it was a real fun challenge for me to do. And so I, I was kind of taking me back to my early days of sort of lo-fi music making. <laughs> it's like no, no gear, no tech in your hands, just imagine it. Can you, can you picture the tempo? Can you picture what it's doing in terms of density and momentum? Now, what the melody is doing, what the various instruments that you can play are doing so you can get started with it right away once you kind of get into the studio. And then from there, what does it suggest in terms of other people playing instruments on it? And mm -hmm. that's more of a production question and less of a songwriting question. Um, but sometimes these songs that we have, when I, I, just, I just listened to the new Tears for Fears album. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good, right? It's awesome. <laughs> but there's so many songs on that record that I think, I don't, can't see them sitting down with their acoustic guitar and just writing them. I mean, there are, there's some. But there's other these kind of production numbers that are kind of like born in the studio, right? Like born in somebody yeah, yeah. sitting, got their finger on Reason or, you know, whatever it is, and kind of like they're, they're messing with software. Yeah, yeah. And somebody's flying in keyboard parts until it's like, until it moves them enough to want to finish it into an mm -hmm. actual song. And then the songwriting kind of begins at that point. Mm -hmm. Once you were sort of attracted to this sound. Did and you get so, a chance uh, to um, jam with anyone? Did I have a chance to jam? No, we actually never got a chance to do that jam night, oh, which was kind of a bummer because I, I would have liked to have done that. But by then we had so much work to do on the songs that we had that um, 
and I, I knew I could realistically get four songs done there, mm. you know. And then what I would mean? have to probably do a couple at home. So oh, I did that. Okay. Where's your home? I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm in Hamilton, Ontario. Okay. Canada. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like an hour and a half outside of Toronto. Oh, I know where Hamilton is. I you used to Hamilton live in Buffalo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. You used to live in Buffalo. That's right. I knew that. Exactly. Go yeah. through Buffalo, you gotta go through Hamilton to get to Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Right. St. <laughs> Catharines, there was a club, club called Gord's we used to go to. Oh well. This is before your time, but um before my time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was wondering, Jacob, like if you, you if so if you if you'd taken this kind of Mozart approach, right, where everything's in your head, when you get in the studio with these guys, and they have their own uh, interpretations of things, do you, were, were you were you able to just let let the stuff kind of go with what with the with the expert musicians wanted well, to do with some of those yes. parts? Or absolutely. And the great thing was he picked the right guys, right? Like, because some guys maybe would have quite a. Uh, uh, quite an eccentric take on on uh, what their part ought to be, and they don't want to play any um, cliches. They don't want to play mm. anything safe. Mm. These guys are very meat and potatoes. They're kind of raised in bars, playing what works, you know, mm. for audiences. And so the, the they're very crew. yeah. It's a good quality, I think. You know, and right? Definitely. Yeah, for that. studio musician, yeah. you kind of want that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they kind of brought was they were like, what does the song need? Like, what is, and they're very much about serving the song, you know, which I, I just really appreciated. And I think that's true of many working successful studio musicians, you know, is that they kind of just listen to the song and then they could play anything, but just, you know, maybe it just needs footballs, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, just, just real long ringing notes. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what it wants, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm always so, feeling, I'm always feeling like as as I get older and as I honestly like mature as a songwriter and as a musician, I, my 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 taste for weird for the sake of weird, it's it's greatly diminishing. I used to like it a lot, but now it's like you know, <laughs> simple is good, <laughs> and just straight to the point is good, and it's harder to do than you think. <laughs> it if is. I if I hear a Leonard Cohen song, which is just the the example, the epitome of simple. Because his voice just wouldn't allow him to be more elaborate, and and it his 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 songs are done so simply but so well that that's that's like harder to do than just wanking for its own sake. Yeah, and uh, that's something I respect about him. You know, it's like it's yeah. so simple. I could never do that. I could right, never right. do what he does. But also, also his words carry a lot of the weight. Oh, so yeah. good. Yes. <laughs> Whenever I think of Jacob Moon, I always, you know, because I think of you as a guitarist, as a fellow guitarist, I pay a lot of attention to what you do guitar-wise, and, and, and your work is very, the guitar work is always involved, but I mean, it's very, it's, it, it's intricate, it's thought out, it's, it's, it's very it's impressive, um, whereas this it, it was almost like the guitar was so much in the background. I was like, it almost, it almost didn't sound like a Jacob Moon song because, you know, usually there's like that guitar, there's like interesting tunings and drones and, you know, this wonderful thing with the guitar. And this was just like the sort of gentle strumming in the background. Was that um, a choice you made or was that a production choice or? Yeah, I mean, the song always tells you what it wants, you know? And uh, believe me, if the song will let me play something, you know, <laughs> interesting on the guitar, then I, I'm probably going to do it <laughs> uh, because my, my mind wanders and I get uh, ADD about things. But as I get older, like Neil, I get into this idea of simplicity and, you know, you're running out of time. 
as well, right? Sort of there's more time behind me than there is ahead of me. So you want to be succinct. You want to say what there is to say and then get out, you know? I don't want to, you know, go on and on and, uh, um, and try and prove something on the instrument, you know what I mean? Um, I think, you know, there's, there's an element in which I still have a lot to prove as an artist, but I think as a guitarist, I don't know. I think I felt like, in the, especially in this album, I wanted, to, um, I wanted to lean into what the song wanted. And they were pretty earthy, rootsy songs, you know? So uh, when I listened to the guitar parts on, you know, whatever, I mean, on earthy, rootsy records that we all know and love, um, you just don't hear people uh, getting too crazy, you know what I mean? And if there is an opportunity for a solo break, then, then it's usually me taking it. But if it's not me, it's somebody that I really admire, like Joey Landreth plays on this record. He's a terrific um, slide guitar player and singer from um, Winnipeg, uh, who spent some time in Toronto, but uh, is, is living there now. And um, he's just a dynamo. He's just uh, unbelievable on, on the instrument. So. Um, getting to hear his take on some of the stuff. I can't play slide guitar that well. I think you have to practice every day, uh, or you will be terrible, basically, is how that works. <laughs> One so, of those things. That's, that's well, can, 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 work. can you talk a little bit about what, like, when you, when you say what the song wanted, like, considering how you described how you wrote this song, at what point do you, do you discover what the song wants? Like, was it, was it a lyric first? Was it like considered it was all just in your head? Like, how does like what, what part yeah. of the game first? Well, again, yeah, because the, the lyric led on this one, it was very much okay. lyrics forward. And I always, I'm a firm believer that every song has kind of got like one star, you know what I mean? That you can kind of pay attention to. And uh, there might be some kind of co stars along the way, but there's something that you're following. Maybe it's just a melody, like on, on so many. You know, uh, think about Duran Duran or REM. You know, the words don't mean anything, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's good. But, that's the, good. but the melody does, and yeah. it, the <laughs> rhythm does. And so that's what they've put up, you know, front and center a little bit, right? So, so I think that when you, have a, when you have words that are telling a coherent story, we want to follow that thread. And, we don't, and anything, anything that's kind of beating away in the background is kind of a bit of a distraction, I think. Hmm. And so uh, even on the solo break, I kind of wanted to, to be pure emotion, you know. Uh, it's kind of this, there's a bit of tension and some holding in, you know what I mean? And I wanted it to kind of release, you know, at that hmm. moment. And so... There's something yeah. you did on your song that you're recording that I really liked. I'm going to steal it. Um, you actually play guitar and you, you play the melody on the guitar, but you sing along with it. I don't know right. if you did that on purpose, mm. but it really adds something to it. And I think I'm definitely going to do that next time I, I do that because it really adds a lot to it. And, yeah, uh, and I really like that about it. It's a it. way of just reinforcing, again, yeah. taking it back to that solo presentation, right? If mm -hmm. it's just me playing it, I know in a lot of cases on, in my life on, on the road, it is just going to be me playing it. So if that's going to get an echo, if that's going to get, you know, somebody singing along in unison with it, um, it's going to have to be me, you know what I mean? And uh, mm -hmm. to reinforce those little melody hooks that happen on the guitar, I, I just really wanted to, um, you know, and again, I was kind of writing it, you know, on the guitar in a way. I mean, you know, that's kind of 
and that's the hook, basically, that you're talking right. about. Um, that comes up again and again, and it's right. just something to kind of hang on to and, uh, um, and 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 come back to. And I just, I just, I don't, I don't know if I quite heard that hook before. I might have stolen it subconsciously from some other song, and I'm, I'll be found out for it later. But um, as far as I know, in my in my conscious mind, I don't. I don't know that I lifted it. Yeah, well, I like it. This, this whole episode is going to be on YouTube, so we'll find out. Um, oh yeah, yeah, just exactly. That's true. <laughs> it's like we made it by Barry Manilow. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of which, uh, why don't we um, why don't we hear the full song, and we're going to be treated to a live performance. Yeah, um, I thought I'd play it live room. for you. It's a little more time. All right. You guys ready? Hit it. I turn around and everything was changed. You always told me nothing stays the same. No one prepares you for the flood. The waves overtake you. You're only flesh and blood. And when the waters rise, we'll make for higher ground. Only to see the devastation all around I wish I could relive those days Before our dreams were swept away But I just need a little more time Maybe there's a master plan Maybe if I pray then I'll understand But I just need a little more time Remember where I was when I heard the news Playing the tables and trying not to lose Everybody lives like they'll never die You were invincible Baby, so was I Sooner or later all the vital fades away All I can do is hope to fight another day I know we're getting near the end Carry on and just pretend Cause I just need a little more time I could lose you overnight Nothing is forever in this life And I just need a little more time life we know oh but I just need a little more time but I just need a little more 
everybody's moving on The last of motorcade is gone But I just need a little more time As the evening sun is set I still hear the last thing that you said Awesome. 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 Okay. Beautiful song. That is such an effective um, technique, really um, highlighting the the song hook with a vocal and the guitar at the same time. Oh, so thanks. often guitarists just do chords and then you do vocals on top. But to do it, it's, it really sort of highlights it. It's a really effective technique. To mm, really pull that out to the front, and it just mm -hmm. becomes so memorable. Thank you. That's a great. Yeah, tip. No, it's fun. Absolutely, it's fun. I mean, I, I I like to give away all those parts. If I was doing it, you know, on a big stage with a big band, I'd I'd, I'd hand out that stuff to other other players and stuff. But in the solo presentation, it's just you sort of have to kind of carry the the, the bass notes and the. The harmony and the melody, and, the melody. and a rhythm to a certain extent as well, and that sort of pre-laid in some um, some kind of guitar percussion to kind of just be there. Um, what kind of guitar is that? This is just an acoustic guitar. It's a uh, it's a Stonebridge. Um, then I, they call it a Furch guitar now, um, but it's uh, Furch. Yeah, I played it in a showroom four years ago or something, and then I just fell in love with it because my guitar was kind Sounds of Sounds great. Apart. Yeah, I like it. Probably the way you're playing it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 use guitar, guitar. I use these sort of hideous guitar nails to kind of... Yeah, yeah, to no, get the uh, Yeah, to get wow. that sound. If you, Without them, it sort of sounds like, you know, kind of like marshmallow. It's just kind of like very light. But oh, interesting. You can really get that sound. It's kind of nice, you know? Guitars so are an amazing thing because you will play one and it'll actually make you sound like a better player. And it doesn't have to be an expensive guitar, it could just be one that connects with you. And I tried one when I was 22 in a music store in Montreal. It was an Ibanez and I still regret not buying it because it was just that, it just connects with you and you know, yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. acoustics. They're, they're very special instruments, so. Yeah, they gotta sound good in the room, you know? <laughs> Before you plug them in. <laughs> that, is, that is so great. And um, yeah, it's such a great concept for the, uh, you know, I just need a little more time. So often that's, you have to be in a certain point in your life to understand those words, I think, <laughs> you know? Um, not a lot of 16-year-olds saying I want a little more time, hopefully. Um, what do you think, Neil? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, it's, um, it, it, yeah, I think you're right. There's a certain, there's a certain level of maturity <laughs> with, with, the, with the concept and with the lyrics. And, 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 and it even goes to the arrangement of the song because, you know, for, for, for the TikTok, this ain't going to work, right? Like you need your hooks up front. You need, you need your chorus to hit within the first 30 seconds or you're going to get a skip on Spotify. Like this does none of that. <laughs> you know, like this takes its time, builds up when the hooks 
come when you do the unison guitar thing it, it lands in just the right spot like it's it's it, it, it is it is the, the song itself takes a little more time you know it it takes its time to build up and 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 yeah. and it's just wonderful that way um i don't know was that was that sort of thing on on i don't know if it's on purpose but you know what i mean like yeah i mean i i'm i'm influenced by um you know all my all my heroes are kind of, mm-hmm. you know, they're older, right? I mean, they're, yeah. they're your Paul Simons, your Joni Mitchells, your Jackson Brown, James Taylor, that kind of stuff, right? So, and th- those guys aren't afraid to take their time with with their songs. And so, I just have always kind of heard things at that tempo. And my mind and my creative mind doesn't really work at the sort of the smash cut pace of social media. Mm-hmm. So, my songs don't sound like that. And so, uh, they sound like, if you're going to listen to music, you're kind of, you know what you're in for, you know, as opposed to music having to kind of serve what you're already doing. Um, and so I'm, okay. I've, I'm paying the compliment <clears throat> to my audience that all the upfront that they can handle this, you know, they can yeah. handle some, some, uh, some space, you know, and it's also kind of making space for the story too. Right. And, and letting the story kind of unspool at, uh, its own pace. And there's a certain suspense that happens in a lyric. Mm-hmm. Every song starts and you don't really know what it's about, right? Every song, you know, you start and maybe, maybe it's not, not about that much. And maybe, but maybe that's the mystery too. Is it, is it going to be about more by the end of the song? You know, mm-hmm. uh, but in this case, it's, it's a, it's a story and it's, it's, there's some, there's some pain there. And um, you don't know kind of where the pain is coming from. And yet the, the lines that kind of come out in that first verse are lines, you know, plucked from the headlines, essentially, really. I mean, if you're talking about change and you're talking about, um, you know, how, how, how rapidly things change in our world and how much the world has changed since the pandemic and, and the grief of the pandemic, I absorbed all of that mm-hmm. and kind of put it into this song because it's, it is essentially a song about grief, you know, from beginning to end. Yeah. And it's about needing a little more time with the world as it was in the before times, before it changes. And it's about uh, a little more time with the living before they leave us. And it's about needing a little more time in that grief stage when they have left us to process it. And not going, just jumping right back into living your life at a breakneck pace. Mm-hmm. But st- sort of stopping and kind of s- sitting in that moment, you know, and uh, giving it the time that it needs, you know. So that's kind of what the song's about. Was that, um, a, did that sort of come before the writing or sort of after the writing or through the writing? You know what I mean? Sometimes you can have an idea for a song before you start, and other ones you sort of, halfway through you go, oh, that's what it's about. I knew that it was about a little more time. And I knew that my friend's dad had just died of COVID and she didn't really get a chance to properly yeah. say goodbye to him. And, um, and I just kind of absorbed that grief of that. And uh, because all of us were sort of on the edge of that same story, right? Mm-hmm. We we're only, you know, a few unfortunate moments away from that being somebody that we knew that we couldn't say goodbye to in the hospital. And so the grief was kind of hanging there in the air, you know, and I was just kind of, the antenna was up and I was kind of picking it up. And um, that made its way into um, really every stanza of that song. And I just kept writing stanzas 
and kind of picked the best ones, kind of like Leonard Cohen or Dylan would do, you know, in some ways, mm. you know, and just tried to kind of pick the, pick the best uh, nuggets. How many stanzas did you write, do you think? Oh, I think it was five or six. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Always write yeah. more. I think, I think a lesser song would have kept going, to be honest with you. Mm. It speaks to, I think, your uh, discipline and your, uh, as you say, your respect for your audience to say, if I say less and not indulge everything that I want to throw, that that to me is like really respecting your audience. It's really saying, you come with me. Come yeah, with well, me and fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah, well, that's right? that's interesting that you say that, actually, because I am asking them to fill in that last blank themselves. Right, yeah. I don't Sense sing the that. last line, right? Yeah, I noticed that you left us hanging on the end. Yeah, but that's but the melody plays it, and yes. you know what the words are to the melody. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because so, you established it so well. That's, that's why. it. It's every time. It's the same words, right? So it's going to be the same words there. It's just, uh, you know, when I left that blank, it gave me goosebumps, you mm. know? <laughs> Good. Which doesn't happen very often. When you're writing a song, you kind of... You're inside it. You kind of know how the hot dogs are made and everything else. And but when you when a song that you're writing gives you you goosebumps, it means that it's not coming from you, right? It's not. You're just a conduit. You're just a channel. You're yes. It's using your raw materials. It's all that's happening. But it's in some sense, <laughs> this idea or this this feeling has existed before you, and so you're just kind of giving it voice in that moment. And that feeling gave me goosebumps. That's the mark of a good songwriter, I think. I don't claim to be that, but I think you are definitely that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's nice but when yeah, that happens. A... Sometimes you have those songs where you have to really struggle through and, you know, it's like, you're always kind of going, eh. But it's great when it sort of comes together and it's sort of magic and it's like, wow. Yeah. Which point yeah, I usually I panic and think I'll never do that again, so. Was, was that decision at the end was it always like that, or or did you did you originally sing it full? It was always like that. It, it was, was always like just that. the. It was the because I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of in between singing and crying that last mm. stanza, and the just the the way that I was painting myself into that scene with the words. There's there's just a um, you know uh, inexpressible grief that comes with being at that moment where everybody else, all the vehicles have left the gravesite and you're still there. You're still kind of mm -hmm. hanging in there with that grief. And that's all you've got. You don't have words to give to it. You don't, you just have this emotion. And mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted to leave space for that emotion from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does have that kind of quality. It's very, very raw and very haunting, mm. especially at, at that end. And yeah, it really, it's a, it's a great way to end the song because it really, um, yeah, the, the 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 lingering, the longing, it it it's it, and I, and I like the fact that it's expressed without the words, you know, and it, and it's it's it is because of the lack of words that it's expressed, but it's also through the music, through the through 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 the the kind of quality of the music without with, without it being explicitly stated, which is which is a great thing. This song is not going to move anybody who doesn't know what grief is. Mm. But it's going, if somebody does, <laughs> and they make it to the end of the song, 
I want them to sing that last line for mm. the person that they lost. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the idea. That's nice. It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. How yeah. is the, how is the writing of the rest of the songs? Uh, uh, the rest of the songs yeah. came over a longer, longer period of time and were kind of, um, mostly done by the time I was going to record them. And they came out on the road. They, um, so there's, yeah, definitely a few road songs. Uh, I make reference to, you know, sunsets and setting suns and stuff on a few, on like several different songs. So that's why it kind of, that last song, the title track, you know, really didn't uh, coalesce until the very last minute. And it was essentially a, a piece of music that I was, um, I had played on with my partner in crime, uh, Corey Allstad, who we have a little band together. It's just two people, but we call it a band. And it's just, uh, he plays piano and I play classical guitar and there's no words. And it's just kind of oh. chill instrumental music. And he wrote this beautiful piece of music and I'd played on it and um, I thought, wow, that's, that sounds like it wants words badly. So I wrote very quickly, I wrote a few stanzas for that. And then I still had that in my back pocket for this record and when I came to it, it just had that refrain of like, uh, nothing is new here under a setting sun. Mm. And uh, so that kind of made its way into the, into the album as kind of the closer, you know. Um, but it's, it's a, definitely an album that's kind of a bit of a song cycle about, you know, um, beginnings and endings, you know, um, and sometimes in the same song, you know. Mm. So for the opening track is called Live a Little, and it's, it's all about... Um, finding love for the second time around and, um, you know, uh, just getting a second chance at romance. And, and, um, and that was my story. It was my wife's story. We kind of found each other after we'd both in failed marriages. And, um, and so, so it was about that and, and sort of the sunset of, you know, uh, one story and the beginning of another. And, and then there's, um, there's this, there's this song here, and there's um, which is definitely about endings, you know. And um, there's a song called Tennessee, which is about kind of the road and the weariness of the road and the loneliness of the road and and looking for connection kind of thing. And uh, so it was um, I was I was definitely f yeah feeling a lot of these themes going into this record. I wanted to kind of sort of bring them all together in in kind of one collection. And it's funny how it all came together because I I don't think I would have had the foresight to to corral all of these uh, themes into one into one album. Amazing. That's great. And when, when does the album drop? Album drops on Friday. On Friday, April 1st. You got it. That's not a joke. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a joke. <laughs> that isn't a joke. <laughs> exactly. If it is, it's not a funny one. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Certainly not. We look forward um, to that. Okay. And um, here in the band, in the background there, that's uh, that tells me that's all the time we have uh, on Song Talk Radio tonight. Special thanks to Jacob Moon. Awesome to have you on the show again. And uh, where can our listeners find more of your music? JacobMoon.com. JacobMoon.com. Perfect. And uh, thank you again to Gilbert Neal for filling in today. Appreciate you coming by. And uh, in the meantime, we... 
that uh, we want to hear from you, our dear listeners. So please send us your comments on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to at songtalkradio or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes now that we're in these virtual boxes. Subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter at songtalk.ca. And you'll find links to all our products, books, and web services we mention on the show on our resources page on the website. And wherever you are in the world, please join us online via Zoom at our next monthly Song Talk Meetup. It's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend the meetup. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at neilmodi.com. You can follow Phil at philemory.ca. And uh, Gilbert, uh, where can people find more about you? Gilbert Neal, that's N-E-A-L at, oh, no, GilbertNeal.com. Okay. No, uh, just GilbertNeal.com. And, uh, and Jacob, what's your, what's your social media channel of choice? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook a lot, so uh, Jacob Moon Music, just find me there. Awesome. Lots of great live streams, too. Yeah, yeah, you were Check doing the live stream thing a lot. Possibly <laughs> the best one on Facebook, I think. Aw. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Some of, many of the best. In fact. <laughs> nice to meet you, Jacob. Thanks, guys. Nice to meet you, Gilbert. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Stay safe, everyone, and keep on writing. Good night. See you guys.